Well, awesome. Well, let's jump in this morning to the Word. And uh, I believe God has given us a series that we've been talking about, uh, a life of revival. We talked about our heart a few weeks ago, drew a circle on here and prayed, Lord, anything inside of this circle, which was only me, right? And my heart, Lord, let me experience you. Let me have an altar with you. Let me experience revival and me. Then we talked about our home. Lord Jesus, let our homes be a place of revival, a place of an altar, a place where we experience the power and the goodness of God. And this week we want to continue that and talk about the church. I love the church. I love God's hand upon the church. I love when he moves and when he speaks. I love when, he, when there's a word of wisdom or knowledge or power. I love when someone comes into church one way and they leave church and they're not the same person that God has simply done something. Whether it's healing their mind or their body or their spirit, something from their past. I absolutely love the church. When I think about the church, I can think about his global church, a bigger church. I love getting to go to Tanzania, Africa. And I love getting to worship together with our African brothers and sisters. And I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to say this. They just do it a little bit better than we do here. They have a little more energy and a little bit more excitement. And by a little bit, I mean a lot more energy and a lot more excitement. In fact, some of you in the room would not be comfortable. You'd be like, what is happening in this room? And they're just serving Jesus. They're just going after Jesus. Oh, it's so, so good. Right, I love Heartland Conference Retreat Center, our retreat center. Well, this summer we will have hundreds of churches that are going to come together with thousands of students and adults who are going to be a part of various camps. And something happens when for five days students come and they experience God routinely over and over again. And truly, I say, they get tired. And all of the walls that are built up and the things of, no, nah, I'm not going to accept what God has. By day three or four, they're so tired, they don't have any of that left. And they just let God move. And when God moves, guess what? He does crazy, awesome, healing things in our lives that so often we're holding him back from. But when he moves, you're like, what have I been doing? What is wrong with me? I love it when the church gets together. I love it when our church, the Rad Fam right here, I love when we get together on Sunday mornings. I'll tell you, I love our altar of revival services about four times a year. We just go, instead of two services, one super long service, go three hours. Lord, what do you want to do? Because at the end of three hours, somehow we are more prepared to hear from the Lord than at the beginning. Anybody ever come to church and you just have your things? There's things that are happening. There's, there's stuff of our week and we come. And oftentimes it takes us a while to kind of put some of that stuff down. I love when we get to the end and there's an altar time and God just moves. I love it. The church. In fact, all through history, we've seen the church, the gathering of people. Not a building, but the gathering of people. We've seen God move. Just in the last few hundred years, in the 17th century, the first great awakening with Jonathan Edwards. He preached the gospel and people left their homes and came and experienced God over and over. And God moved in the church. In the mid-1800s, Dwight L. Moody in Chicago, Illinois, people left their homes and there was revival that took place that shaped a generation of people. God showed up when the church, the people got together and gathered. The Welsh Revival and then Azusa Street in the early 1900s, actually where the Assemblies of God was birthed out. The power of God moved when his church left their homes and got together. When his church came together to worship and to serve him. 
when I think of my childhood, I think of the Brownsville Revival. In Brownsville, Florida, God moved and for years people from all over the United States and even the world would come together to experience God and to go after God. We would show up and we'd go for multiple days in a row and in fact we would, we would wait in line for hours, for hours to get into church because if you didn't wait in line you might not make it in or you might have to be in the overflow room which God can still move in the overflow room. But no one wants to be in the overflow room, right? So we would show up early so we could come and experience God. And we saw hundreds, even thousands of people give their lives to Jesus in that one revival. We went multiple times. It was so cool every night. Hundreds of people would say yes to Jesus. They left their homes. They came to church. They came as the church. And God moved. And when I think about us today, maybe we all have different things we think of. In fact, the question would be, what comes to your mind when you think about the church? It's possible that you have great things. In fact, when I talk about the church, some of you are like, yeah, come on, church is great. I could just feel it. You didn't do that exactly, but you're allowed if you want to. But I could feel it. And then there's other people that you're like, the church, eh, I don't know. Like if we, if we lined up, there's probably a, some sort of position or position percentage a good number who today would say i've been hurt in the church there's been someone or someone or something or some pastor or some leader or maybe even a whole group for some reason i was just like pushed out and i don't understand there's been hurt in some of our lives from the church if you can believe this uh, i just have to tell myself uh, i'm a human if you did not know the fact that we would say pastor chris doesn't mean much besides the fact that I'm leading us. It's just a, a title that is not important. I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a human. And the human is the part that I would like to get rid of. Because the human part means I mess up and I fail and I do things that I shouldn't, unfortunately. Uh, just real fast, I want to feel okay. Anybody else in the house done anything they shouldn't as a human? Anybody? Okay. Most of you are honest. Some of you are, are not very honest. Okay. Let me just throw this out. How many would say... That in your church-going history that you've ever been a part of, like you being, maybe doing something that wasn't the best or the most God-honoring thing that could have been done. You'd say you personally have done something in the church. Okay, less of you are honest. If you didn't raise your hand, unless this is your first day, probably not telling the truth. Because you're a human, and we don't always do what we should do. Well, last Sunday morning... Uh, we had, actually I was praying for somebody at the altar right before the first sermon, our ser first service. Uh, it was great, but I was just tired. I was not feeling my best last Sunday morning. I'm just going to be real. I was like, just dragging. And so I was praying, then the, the countdown was on. Uh, and my dad made a comment, which was not negative. It was just a comment. And I like got upset at my dad, literally right here, right up here at the front, Pastor Ethan was sitting right there. The countdown's on. I just prayed for somebody at the altar. And I literally like lost my mind for a brief second. And I'm like, what happened? Like I was so upset and there was no reason, no reason. And so I went to the bathroom. I hope no one saw. I know my wife did. I know Pastor Ethan did. Rachel's like, what was that? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that was. So I went to the bathroom and I came back in and then the service started and I stood there. I'm like, Lord... What in the world was that? That was so stupid. Like, why did I respond like that? And so I had just like a 10-minute moment with the Lord of forgive me for being a human, but no reason, no reason. 
And then I slid over to my dad and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I responded that way, but would you forgive me? And then I could take communion with a good conscience. Uh, that's a good choice, by the way. Communion, the word would talk about. It's a great reminder. Do I need to text someone, call someone, apologize to someone? It's just a good thing to do. Like the bi biblical principle, like we should do it. So I did that and I was like, okay. What I'm saying is if you are around me enough, it's possible that even something stupid I will do that makes no sense because I'm a human. And I hate it, and it's not an excuse. It's, Lord, don't ever let that happen again, whatever that thing would be. But if you're in the church, because if you're around people, someone's going to mess up. And the person I look at first is, I'm going to mess up at some point. And I pray, Lord, I want to be so full of you that I mess up less or none, never, right? But when I do, Lord, I pray that I'll be quick to repent, quick to ask for forgiveness, quick. Because unfortunately, we're all people, and we mess up, and we're a part of a church with people, which means, Lord, I need you. I need your help. So today, for the rest of our time, I want us to focus in not on what comes to our mind when we think of the church, but what comes to God's mind when he thinks of the church. Because I've found over and over in my life that what I feel or my past experience or my whatever is not actually generally what the word would say or is not reality. And I don't care what I think. I want to know what God thinks. And I'm going to ask you that even or maybe especially today, if you've had hurt from people, from the church, uh, you know, I, I do not like this term at all. But the term church hurt goes around on social media and all these places. If you felt that in the past, I pray that today you're going to hear God's heart. For the church and that we're going to be able to grow together as a church family how can we be the best church we can be and how can we walk in wholeness to overcome true real pain of the past that has taken place from a christian brother or sister so that we can be all god has called us to be so let's jump in this morning a life of revival starting here in the church when we look at the word of god in first corinthians 12 27 it says, now you are the body of Christ. And individually, you are members of it. The church is the body of Christ. The church is what God has called uh, us to be. It's who we are. And when I think about the body, when I think about what the body is, that if we are called and we are the body, then you cannot have pieces of your body, like literally, if you chop your finger off, that finger is no longer going to do very well, right? In fact, that finger needs to be reattached or it will die, right? There will be pain, but then it will literally die and not have the chance. In fact, a few years ago, I mentioned Heartland Conference Retreat Center. It's probably been like 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago maybe. Uh, but we had a, a, a family camp event. We were there. And actually, our children's time, pastors at the time, the Pratts, they were there, and their young son was there. And at Heartland, all of the doors are fire doors. They're really heavy. And so when they close, I'd say it's like a guillotine. Like, don't let your kid put their arm in that. It might just chop it off. I mean, it's just, that's the feeling that you have. And so they were playing all of the children, doing what children are supposed to do. And the finger got lodged in the door, and the door got closed on it, and it just like, wait chopped off the very end of that finger. It was definitely a moment for the ER. I mean, 100%. Like, get this little chunk, I think it was just hanging on maybe, and take it and let them do what they do. Okay, ugh, right? Sorry if that just like, if you're done or you need a, a puke bucket or something. Um, 
It was disgusting. And so they do what they do. Put some ice on it, wrap that thing up, get them to the hospital, and they fixed that thing, made it good, as good as it could possibly be. I don't even know what it looks like today, but it didn't die. It's still there, the whole finger. And in the church world, when we think of the body so often, there's hurt, there's wounds. It's like putting your finger in a door and slamming and it gets cut off. And then we get disconnected from one another and from what God is doing. And in the process of that, parts of us die. And the body, the church, the whole of who we are, dies. And God would not have for his church from pain or from an issue or from a problem lose because you are, each one of you are the body of Christ. And each of you have an integral part of it. It's not a few. It's not some leaders. It's definitely not your pastor that does everything. If so, we're in big trouble. It's all of us. We all have a part of the body of Christ. The word church is used 114 times in the New Testament. This Greek word, ekklesia, is a group called out together. We are called to be a group that is called out. We are called to be a group that is united, that is together. And just like the body, you can't have one arm wanting to go one way and one arm wanting to go the other way. I mean, that would be pretty entertaining to watch if someone had like some issues and it's trying to go both ways. But that would not be, and we've all seen it, in the church world, there's nothing entertaining about the church going in all different directions because we're not united in Christ. We must be who he has called us to be. We must be a place that we are assembled together. Because we're not about the building, but it is about a gathering. Just now, a few years ago, almost four, uh, COVID hit, and we had eight weeks where we did not meet together as a church family. I'm going to be real. I am, I mean, you know this already, but I'm super extroverted. I need people. To be at home and only see a few people, and even then to be like, okay, like we're going to stay six feet apart, like, I need to hug. I need, I need some physical touch. I need to put my hand on your shoulder. Like, that's not, that doesn't work for me. And we were in this moment of not meeting together. And in fact, we had some of our uh, dear friends, the Wilsons, who they were moving away. And we had a group of people, like 30 cars long, who said, we're going to do one of those drive-by things. And so we met at a church by their house. We all got there. When we got there, almost everyone got out of their cars and like, we need communication. We need a fellowship. We need each other. We need to be gathered. And I decided that day, okay, this has got to stop. Like we are going to have church for people that feel comfortable to come have church. And so we, we did. It's just a couple weeks later, eight weeks of no church together. Live stream is great. Those things are wonderful. In fact, we might have 10, 15 people online, 20 this morning, that get a watch because they're sick or they're out of town or they can't be here. Thankful for the opportunity. But it is not gathering together. It's not being the body of Christ as we need to be. Not the building, but the people gathering together. And I want to encourage that we are the church. We are the body. And I want to ask you today, is there somebody that they are disconnected from the body? Is there somebody that maybe even, I mentioned COVID, maybe even from that, they've never come back to the church and if they're attached somewhere else, praise God. No, we're not trying to, that's cool. But if they are not involved in a body that Christ has called us, then I want to encourage you, would you make a phone call? Would you make a text? 
We say, hey, come back. Come on, we want you to be a part of what God is doing. Welcome them back because we don't want them to be cut off or to die by themselves on the vine, like if a finger's cut off. But let's put some ice on that. Let's wrap them up. Let's bring them back and see what God might do. Who is it? Who is it that needs connected? Let's get them connected. So the church is the body of Christ. And in Ephesians 5.25, we see that it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So the church is the body of Christ. It's also said that the church is the bride of Christ. Now when we think of relationships, we think of what that is. That's a huge thing that uh, the two leave, they become one flesh, they're united. And in fact, when I think about couples, uh, oftentimes you'll hear people say like, how in the world? Like to the guy a lot of times, how in the world did you get her to marry you? Like how in the world? She's prettier than you, she's better than you, she's smarter than you, like all of these things, right? Probably all have heard something along those lines. But you know what I've never really heard? In fact, this would be incredibly unacceptable. You know, like, hey, your wife, she's really terrible. Why in the world did you marry her? Like, you never say that. Like, you're really cool. Pastor Matt, you're really cool. No, I can't use an example. That would be bad. Don't do that. No, no. Right? You, sir, are awesome, but your wife, whoo, what in the world? No way. But when we think of the church, the bride, how often do we do that exact thing? We say, Jesus, you are awesome. You're so good. You're so mighty. And then we say, the church, yeah, I don't think so. His bride, I don't think so. The bride has hurt me. The bride has done this. This has taken place. And therefore, we can get a heart to say, I'm against the bride. And how can we be against what God is and who he is as one? In fact, even in pastor circles, sometimes we'll be sitting around and talking. And I love talking about what churches are doing and how God is moving. But sometimes it's easy to get on the other side where we start to put down a local body because it's different than we are or how we would do it. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part. Are people coming to know Jesus, the bride of Christ? Let's go. I'm all for the church of Jesus Christ. Let's do what it is. And I want to encourage us as the church, do we believe that the church is the body of Christ? Do we believe that the church is the bride of Christ? Because if so, then we have to believe in and we have to love his church. We have to love what he loves. We are in danger when we decide we are good with Jesus, but pass on his church. And I want to encourage us today That where there has been real pain or real hurt or there's been a real problem. Because I have heard about and I've seen plenty where that is, it's not some fake thing. You didn't didn't make it up. It's real. There's pain. There's people. There's all of us humans. But I want to encourage us. We can't lose love for what God spoke and what God put as his church, his bride, his body. We can't lose love for him because of what a human does. And I want to ask Would it be possible today to ask the Lord, maybe we need serious, Lord, help us, supernaturally help us, to let our brother off the hook this morning, to forgive even something that, it's not forgivable, the act, but the person, Lord, could we forgive? Or could we forgive our sister today? 
No, she hurt me. But Lord, I'm going to give her to you. You died for my sins. You died for hers. And I'm not going to hold her accountable anymore. I'm going to let you be God. Could we care for our brother and our sister? Could we love the church because Jesus does? Could we love our brothers and sisters even that are struggling because Jesus does? Could we love people that they just, if I'm God, they're missing the mark, but I'm going to love them anyways because Jesus loves them anyways? And if there's a wound in your heart, maybe from last year or 10 years ago or maybe a few decades ago, that's church-related, I want to encourage you, don't put the church there, that person, those people hurt you. God loves you. His church, he loves you. He's the, the, we're the body, we're the bride. The church is good. The people are what we're struggling with. And that means that as we are his church, as right here at Radiant Life Church, I want to encourage when there's an issue or a problem or something is said or done that is not godly, that's not right. What do we do? First of all, if it's a pastoral team member, if it's myself, please come and tell me. Please come and say, hey, I saw that last week you like lost your mind up front right before church. That was super weird. And I will say, I am so sorry. I've repented and I've asked God. Or maybe I was like, I didn't even know another thing, another situation. I want to ask for forgiveness if I've done anything. Or maybe sometimes it's misunderstandings as the church. And we can explain why we did this or what this was and why. That's good. That's, that's healthy. Let's come and have conversation. But beyond staff members or myself, if someone in the church family, if they've hurt you, or maybe you've done something, let's figure out how to be sure that we are united. Let's figure out the hard conversations. Let's ask for forgiveness or let's, let's give that to the Lord. And if a leader needs to be brought in, we would love to help be a part of anything we can. Because unity in the body is well worth a little bit of uncomfortable conversation. Unity is all that we need because God will move. And when we let our brother, our sisters in Christ, when we let them off the hook, we're letting God move in might and in power. The church and Jesus are a package deal. So let's embrace them both. I made that joke. Catherine, obviously you are phenomenal, but I look at our, our team members right here, right there, couple, couple. I, Rachel is my half. Back there, Brian and Danae. I love that we have teamed. And guess what? They're together. They're a package deal. You don't get one of us without the other of us. We are one in Christ, and that's what the church and Jesus are. So let's be one, united, to see his kingdom grow. Let's see what he will do. Church is the body. The church is the bride. And at Radiant Life Church, through his word, I love that Pastor Dave named this church Radiant Life because the church is the place of radiant life. The church is the place when we're his body, when we're his bride, that we should be a beacon set on, the, on a hill. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 say, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good work and glorify or in, and give glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. Church, we are called to be radiant lives for Jesus. And I believe with all my heart when his church comes and when we pick up our cross, when we do what God has called us to and we serve the people around us, that the church should be the greatest, most joy-filled place that there can possibly be. Not because we're perfect. Not because you're never going to be hurt. Not because no one's ever going to do something they shouldn't. 
And I wish if we could make that happen, if I could make that happen, I would never ever hurt a person. But when I mess up or a friend or a brother or sister messes up, Lord Jesus, let us, let us work through that. Let us ask for forgiveness. Let us give grace. Let us be your family, your church, so that we can be the light to the world. That when people see Radiant Life Church, and I pray Northwest Presbyterian right down the street in the Baptist church and any other Jesus-honoring church, that they see the power of God. They see a united front. That no matter what our culture is doing or what our culture would say, they know we are going to stand upon the word of God above all. And if the word doesn't line up with culture, we're going to be the church. But we're going to be the church in a loving way. We're going to care for the church. We're going to speak truth. But we're not going to crush people. We're going to believe God is going to move in their life. But if we're not united and we're not together, we're not the church and we don't love what God has given us, then we can never be all that we're called to be to our community and to the people in our homes or our neighborhoods or our workplaces or our schools. We need God. In a dark world, the church was set up to be a beacon, set up to be the light. My question for us today as a church congregation is, maybe there are some here today that you're super active, you're involved, and others, we're so glad you're here too, but you come and you leave and you come and you leave, and there's not a lot of relationship. We call ourselves the Rad Fam, the Radiant Family. Because we know the word of God, what we read at the beginning. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. They were with each other all the time. They were some places, daily they met together. There's something about being the body of Christ, being united. And if, you're, if you are a part and you're doing all God has called you, praise the Lord. But I think there's also some people that you come in and you feel like you're on the outside. You feel like you're just hanging on. You feel like no one knows you. We do not want that to be anybody's reality. And we would ask you, let God give you love for his church. Let God give you ways, and we're going to talk through a couple, that you can be a part of what God has called you to be here and what we are called to be here at Radiant Life Church. So my question is, what is your obstacle to connecting to the Rad Fam, the Bride of Christ, this expression, Really, right now, what is the obstacle to right now saying, I'm going to be a part, and I'm going to let people in my life, and I'm going to get in people's lives, and I'm going to encourage others and watch what God might do. I think so often in our life, whether it's just our walk with God, our walk with Jesus, letting Holy Spirit move in us, maybe we're, maybe we're fearful, maybe we don't know how, maybe we don't know what to do, maybe, maybe there's things of our past that are, are just keeping us from it, and I think with people it can be the same. That sometimes we're like, ah, yeah, I would love to get to know new people, but that's tough. Having people over is tough. Going to someone's house you've never known before is tough. Like, is it going to be a weird two hours or is it going to be a great two hours? Have you ever been to people's house? Sometimes it's, it could be either way, right? I mean, it's just, we're humans. Sometimes it could be pretty chill and be like, conversation is hard. And other times you might talk and you might never want to leave because it's just that way. But it's worth it. Whatever the fear we have of being uncomfortable. Something I feel strongly about. Maybe sometimes we fear people being in our life because they see our home. Maybe we're afraid that our house is going to get ruined. Or maybe we feel our house isn't good enough. Or our life isn't good enough. 
Whatever would stop you, I want you to know today that clean your house up and get people in your home. Get people from your church so you can be united. If you're someone with the nice carpet, I think this is a word from the Lord or from me, you can decide. But your white carpet is meant to have at least a couple stains on it. It's meant to have. In fact, if it's not, how can you invite people over with kids because the parents will be like, oh my goodness, this is perfect, right? And you know what? Does my stuff matter more? Or do the people around me matter more? And I want a few spots on my carpet. I'm not going to put them there on purpose. But I'm going to celebrate when I have something nice and God blesses. And I'm going to celebrate that little spot right there was from when, not maybe don't like remember their name per se, but when our church family was here. And that spot's worth it. That spot's worth it because relationship and being the church family that God has for us to be. Use what God has given you to bring the church together. If there's an obstacle in your life from being connected, from loving the church, I want to ask you to pray, Lord, would you help me remove that thing? Would you help me? Whether it's what someone else did, whether it's my feelings, whether it's just my preference, Lord, would you help me? And I just want to throw out a few things before we close today that I would encourage, that just jumped in my mind, that are super easy, easy, but they're super big. First, really, really easy ones, or can I encourage you to do something? When you come into church, would you show up a little earlier than you normally do? Like my dad, he used to call it the 10-10-10 rule. Show up 10 minutes early, stay 10 minutes late, and when you're here within 10 feet of you, you're the official greeter of that zone. So say hi to anybody that's get, that gets within 10 feet of you. And I better not see you like dodging people. I'm 12 feet away out there. Don't do that. But show up early. In fact, if you notice, generally speaking, our services are about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe 20, which means if you show up 10 or 15 minutes early, the first service is going to be leaving, and as a church family, we can all be in the foyer together. So come a little bit early. Stay a little bit late. Can I ask you when you come in here, try to be here when church starts. It's just so helpful to guests and to people, and if I'm going to be honest with you, some days if I'm being fleshly at all, I look, I'm like, we might not have anybody here today. It might be us and the worship team, right? So come a little bit earlier when you're in here. And then would you scoot in and scoot up? So some of you, I just want to call out some people right in the middle of that zone. You all are heroes. You're heroes on this side. You're not sitting on the aisles, right? Right in the middle right there. Thank you. Because then it leaves spots for guests. It leaves spots for people. And could I ask you to move forward because a lot of times, in fact, I'm going to look, every back row seat is full this morning. That's normal, right? So if we can move forward and up, and thankfully we have our seats on this side for those that need them, uh, for any wheelchairs or any reason, we have seats on that side in the same. Some of those are used because they're hard backs and that helps people with back issues. So wonderful. Thank you for using them. But could we move in and could we move up, which leaves space for guests? Come early, stay late, right? And the other two this morning, they might be a little bit more difficult. They're choices we have to make. Or could I encourage every person that's a part of Radiant Life Church, part of the Rad Fam, to join a group or to join a team? On Sunday morning, we come and we may have some conversation, but for this hour and 15 minutes, you sit and you listen and you worship God and maybe meet somebody at the altar. Maybe God would... I would lay something on your heart and you might pray for somebody. But there's not a lot of getting into each other's lives. 
In fact, even in the foyer, there's only a minute or two or whatever the time is. And we might say, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, who you rooting for this weekend? Or whatever. Things that aren't actually important, but they're important for just communication, right? Build friendship. But there's something else that happens when I serve alongside of someone. And we stand and we're greeting or we're doing kids ministry together or we're on a worship team together or we're in the media booth together. There's something that happens when we're on a team, go in the same direction, believing God to move and we get to be a part of it. There's something that happens when I don't only come on Sundays. It makes it sweeter. But when I come and we were just at life group the night before, a couple of nights before. There's something sweet about knowing I can sit with these people. I can hear and experience life with them. And when we talk, we're not only going to talk about is KC or the 49ers going to win the football game. We've already done that. That doesn't, was that wrong? <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm, oh, good. Oh, you were given the answer. What was <laughs> Talking back, I love it. <laughs> But that, that's already done. And we get to get actually into each other's lives. And we know each other. We know what's going on with kids. We know what's going on with grandkids. It's a whole nother level when I get to say, hey, I'm praying for your grandkid. I'm praying for their surgery. I'm praying. But we can't all know that. But when we're in a group, we can start to understand and know. And we know what people are working through. And we know what people are going through. But do you know, it takes energy and effort a lot and we're believing that groups are, they are growing. We believe they're going to continue to grow. And in fact, in the fall, we're looking for, I would love to see five, ten new groups that are started. We are seeing growth at Radiant Life. I haven't looked this morning, but first service was big and this service is really good. It's going to be a huge Sunday. We're growing. Last year, we, we grew. In December, we grew by over 70 people, which was weird. It just People are coming. We believe God is moving. The church is experiencing the power of God, which means it's going to take more of us. We need more kids people and greeters and worship people and media people. We need to come together as teams, but we need to be in each other's lives. And if you say, ah, I could never lead a group, I want to encourage you. Let, let God speak to you. Pastor Ethan, he's going to be trying to chase you down. But don't make it happen. Coach, you know what? I think I would be interested in leading a group. We would love to get you plugged in with the group this season so you can be trained and ready to go so in the fall you can do it. If you're not in a group, come. Let's be a part of what God is doing. And when we meet together, and we serve together, and we, we work together, when we even come early together and stay late together, then all of a sudden we're with each other and the church is the church. The church is the family. The church is the body and bride of Christ. And we understand why we are called to love the church like Jesus did. Why being the body of, of Christ is going to move it to a place where it's holy and without blemish. Because we're going to iron sharpen iron one another. And sometimes we're going to tick one another off and we're going to have to work through it. And that's how we grow in life so often is to work through things that happen. And sometimes we're going to really look stupid like I did last Sunday morning. And we're going to pray, Lord, would you forgive me? And I'm thankful my dad forgave me. So in case you were wondering, praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to do for one another. And there's nothing like being united in Christ, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, his love. That's who we are. We are his love. And we're going to be his church here in Dublin, Ohio. And we are going to see more people come to know God on the other side of the world, but on the other side of the street. We're going to see more people come to know Jesus at the soccer fields right out back. They hear in a month or month and a half, we're going to start having students 
playing soccer. They're going to be on our property. We're going to see God move as we have soccer clubs and rec leagues starting in the future. We're going to see God here, but we can't see God here if we're not united and if we're not willing to serve and get in each other's lives. This morning, I want to encourage us. Let's be all God has called us to be. It is time to get back into the light. Get back loving the bride of Jesus. I love, I love the church. I've always loved the church. I've seen some weird things in the church, but I love it. It's worth it. It's worth it because we're weird. Humans are weird, so there's going to be weird, but it's worth it. Let's get back to loving his church. And today as we close, if you'd say, man, my heart, my heart is hurt. There's been things, people in the church have hurt me. People have hurt me. God lead people, but they've messed up. I want to pray that God will bring healing to your heart. And that when you leave today, that you'd be able to pray, Lord, I want to love your church, your people more than I ever have before. I want to love Jesus and the bride, the one, the package deal. I want to love it. And I want to get involved. There's life group. There's a table out there with all the life groups. You can go online to sign up for teams or groups. We would love to have 20, 30, 40 new volunteers to be a part of the teams that God is doing. Because we are growing and we're seeing expansion on all levels. We need all of those things. But what I care about even more than that is the connection that happens when you're in those teams. The connection to one another when we're serving. When we're doing groups together. When we're apart. If you need God... Just give you a love. We're going to pray that some of those hurts would be gone. We're going to pray that there would be a new love for all of us as his church, for his bride, for his church. And if you're a part of this church, that there would be a love, a greater love for Radiant Life Church and what he's doing right here in this community to reach the world. So if we could, if we could just stand all over the room as we close this morning in prayer, that would be amazing. So Lord, today we come before you and we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that we are your body, Lord, that we are your bride. Lord, give us a love for your church. Lord, Radiant Life Church, yes. And obviously way bigger, your global church, what you're doing around the world. Lord, that's why missions is so valuable to us, God. Because we see your church and your love for those in Africa and India and South America and every part of this world. So Lord, give us that love. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help those today who have been hurt by the church. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to think of it as church hurt, Lord, but we think of it as people. That's what it is. The people have hurt us. A pastor, a person, a human has hurt us. And Lord, I pray that you would bring healing today. Lord, that you would bring healing. Lord, that we would be able to give forgiveness out where it needs to be. Maybe we would even ask for forgiveness where we need to ask for forgiveness. To make a wrong, Lord, to make it right, Lord Jesus. But would you give wholeness to us? Maybe some that happened 30 years ago or some that happened last week. Lord, let us be able to overcome those things by your blood, by your power, by your strength, by who you are. And Lord, let us love your church, love the bride, love the body. Let us be radiant, a, a church that's set up on a hill for the world to see. So Lord, today, for those that are struggling with church, Lord, I pray you would give them a love for the church as you heal hearts. And Lord, for every one of us, if we call Radiant Life our home, Lord, let us love your church. Let us love what you're doing. Lord, we believe, Lord, that we are going to continue to see more and more people that are going to come to Radiant Life Church. Not because it's about the people, but it's people that are hurting, people that are in need, people that need you, Jesus. Lord, we ask you for more. We ask you for more people, Lord, that need your word in their life. Lord, let us love your church and let us love our community enough 
to share with them the greatest things, Lord, which are you and your bride, you and your church, relationship with you and relationship with the people, Lord, who serve you. Lord, let us love our world. Lord, I pray those practical things. You'd help us to move up and move in. And you'd help, help us to come early and stay late. That you'd help us to be a part of a group, the life of the church, and to be a part of teams of serving in the church. And Lord, that all of it would lead us to be a beacon set on the hill that the world would see. They'd see you, God, through your church. We're so thankful. Lord, right now, if there's action steps to sign up, to be a part Lord, to go to Radiant.Family, whatever it might be for each person. God, would you not let us just leave and say, oh, that was good, or that was, that was a good word from the Lord. But Lord, help us to take steps to move into what you've called us individually in the room to do today. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. God, you are good. You are good, God. You are good, God. We give you glory and honor and power today. Lord, you are everything. And we're thankful, Jesus, for you. And Lord, we are thankful for this church, for our friends, for our body. Lord, the body of Christ, Lord, we are thankful. Let us be all that you have called us to be, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. Right after this service, here in about 30 seconds, Party with the Pastors is going to begin. And if you're new, we'd love to meet you. Pastor Rachel and myself, our team, we'd love to say hi and uh, just five minutes of your time. So please, if you're new, stop on the other side of that wall in the glass room. For everyone else, be blessed this week. We love you all. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.